1: Welcome to El Telejón's La Liga Weekly after a good weekend for the big three. Real Madrid needed that after their humiliation in the copper against an Alcaiano side containing some of the oldest footballers you've ever seen get well soon to Zidane who missed the victory at Alaves because of Covid so credit goes to David Bertoni who stood in for his mate although to be fair I think I could fill in for Zidane and I wouldn't need a handover note. Casemiro, Modric, Kroos in midfield, yeah. Uh, Benzema up top oh Hazard's fit, oh there's a bonus and then when you've got ten names written down you see what's left and that's where Lucas Vazquez goes. Uh, Barca avoided a cup upset when they walked over to the sports centre at Cornea and took on the Thursday night footy lads who had all turned up in green which was handy because <laughs> usually someone who doesn't read the WhatsApp. Barca <laughs> followed that up with a win over Elche, courtesy of a towering header from big Ricky Pouge. The shortest-range goal ever in the history of football was scored by Frankie de Jong. Uh, contrast that to Valencia's Júros Ráčić beating Jan Oblak, But that was in vain because, of course, Valencia weren't going to beat Atleti. Uh, elsewhere, Sevilla's Youssef N. Naziri banged in another hat-trick and none of his goals looked like he'd scored them by accident. Uh, Joaquin was the hero for Betis as they got a dramatic draw at Real Sociedad. He overtook Ferenc Puskas to become the third oldest goal scorer in La Liga history. But the great Hungarian retains his title as the fattest man to ever score 700 (laughs) senior goals. Tropical satire with La Liga Weekly, as ever. Uh, Daniel and Raphael are our latest Patreons. Welcome along. Thank you to all the Patreons. And no gas from Wales. They're not paying a fiver just to see our face. They also get exclusive <laughs> content. <laughs> we'll have you
2: know.
1: <laughs> but you do get to see our faces as well. <laughs> um, right. Uh, good good weekend, Terry. Obviously, we did a we did a Patreon special after the midweek round, and those cup games. So we're not going through that in in detail again. So we'll, we'll crack on. Good weekend of action from La Liga, and I guess Terry, we should start at the top, shouldn't we? With uh, Atletico in the the last game that we've had so far. Still got a game to come Monday night. And uh, they, despite going behind to a fabulous goal, um, they 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 know how to grind out
2: results. Atleti. Yeah, and, and you know what you said in the intro about Valencia were never going to beat Atletico. It was highly unlikely, but they did have have a go, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they they took the game to Atletico from the opening minutes of the match. They put Atletico under pressure. Atletico were you know under pressure in terms of how they had to defend certain situations. So, you know, for them to it to, to get that goal, to put them in the lead, it wasn't against the runner play. And, you know, at that stage, it, it was game on for Atletico and they had to play at their best. They were much improved from the, the win against Abar in midweek. Um, and they had to be because Valencia, to the credit, did put up a good fight. So it was a classic Atletico performance in terms of once they got there, once they get on top, they put their foot down and they, they don't let you breathe. They don't let you get back into the game. And they have, you know, the the quality to to finish teams off. Luis Suarez, Gio Felix, Carré coming off the bench, does the the quality speaks for itself. Energetic performance from both teams. And Atletico has seven straight wins now. Um, The consistency is admirable. And the consistency is the reason why they're probably going to win the league this season.
1: And Luis Suarez, I know lots of people say this, it will go down in history as one of the worst bits of business ever, if Barcelona have basically given the guy away. There was a case for getting him off the wage bill. There was a case for not having him and Messi in the same team because their their, their downsides are, are similar in terms of the pressing. But to give him away, obviously, to Atleti was extraordinary in that he was. he's
2: looking very much like the missing piece
1: of their jigsaw.
2: He is. And do you know what? He takes very little part in the game. Mm. And then when he does, he's so decisive. And Simeone, to his credit, is is bearing up with that. You know, I know Suarez, the output is there in terms of the goals, um, his his creativity, just by being there sometimes draws defenders to him and allows, you know, his teammates to to, to make the most of the space available. So it's, uh, but it's, it can still be a tough watch, you know, against Abar, barely participated in the game, Mm. scored a goal and got the penalty. Um, so that's when, you know, his experience And Simeone is is, is Not putting up, that's the wrong word But he's, he's bearing up with the fact that Suarez can't chase around the pitch But then you've got Mar- Marco Charenti that can do that You've got Gel Felix can do that Carrera can do that, there's other players in midfield Thomas Lamar looks a completely Different player now And, you know, it's it's they've got Enough players to, to fulfil those Roles, and then Suarez Is the, the player that's with the experience up front and, and the, you know, mustn't forget, first and foremost, his quality when it comes to finishing chances. It comes alive, you know. it's uh, That's when we do see the the little flickers of what Suarez has always been about. There's been more to his game in the past, mm. of course. Um, but now, you know, when he has to be decisive, a chance comes his way, you're relying on a player that that's, knows his trade um, better than most. So... He is, you know, clearly making a big difference to right? Atletico in this season's La Liga.
1: And it'd be great for his legend if they go on and win the league in this circumstances for him. Now, Terry, you've done a bit of research, haven't you? A bit of extra research. Obviously, your your exhaustive watching and analysis of La Liga is legendary. But um, <laughs> that Ratchich goal was 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 something special. But you, you've been having a, sort of a closer look at where goals are scored from.
2: Yeah, I've been looking at the, this. I mean, the, the, certain clubs in particular, certain teams in particular, they do struggle to score goals. And you know, we come on the podcast every week and we, we refer to it. They don't score enough. They don't score enough. So I thought this weekend, I'll, I'll put a little bit more thought into it. And, and lo and behold, one of the teams I'm talking about with Real Betis. I've been moaning the fact that, you know, playing up front for Betis is a tough gig. They don't get the ball in the box enough. They don't get enough players into the penalty. And just recently, I have seen a change. So this week I was looking at the games and why Betis suddenly are scoring goals against Canales in particular, of course. And it's so simple. I mean, we talk about so many different aspects of professional football now. It basically boils down to this week. I mean, I'll go back to Betis in a moment. There were 28 goals scored in La Liga this weekend with Mm -hmm. one game to go. Inside the box, 25 of them were scored. So therefore, get the ball in the box, <laughs> got a far better chance of scoring a goal. Three were outside the penalty area. Rakic was one of those. Alcaraz was another for Valladolid. And Moncoyola, I'll give him outside the box. It was right on the edge, but just outside. So let's just go to show how, you know, the, the regularity of getting the ball into the penalty area. Of those touch. in terms of how many touches it takes to finish... a a goal as well. That was interesting. 20 were one-touch finishes out of 28 goals. So I wish someone had told me this when I was playing. (laughs) It was mentioned briefly as I was a striker. Oh, you know, get yourself in the penalty area. But, you know, it was was a kind of afterthought. And, you know, particularly when you're having times where you're struggling to score goals and you're lacking confidence, you then start to try and do everything else as well to contribute to the team and, and basically it boils down to someone should have just said to me "Goal! and get in the box get on yeah. the end of a knockdown get on the end of a cross um as opposed to doing all the other stuff that you try to do to make up for the fact you're not doing your your job but there's so one, one so touch finishes 20.
1: Yeah there's a downside that though isn't there? in that because if you as you say Simeone is tolerating Suarez being a, being just a just a poacher because if you're a team down the bottom end of the league so if you're a Valladolid or someone you, you can't afford just a, a guy just hanging around waiting for one touch finish can you, you you need a guy doing everything don't you There's nothing, nothing
2: nothing more important though than the goals yeah.
1: yeah
2: i mean it's the teams that get relegated will score fewer goals yeah and it's having the courage to at least have one of those players that is ultimately a finisher the yeah. the finish off, you know, whatever system you play, it can mean, be four three three, three, five, two, four, you know, four, four, two, you do need someone to because to, if you don't score goals, Cuesca, classic example, they're gonna struggle this year because they 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 can't find the, a way to for someone to score on a regular basis to win them games. You know, um, by the odds goal, um, as opposed to drawing a million games, which they've done this season. So, let I say, 20 those are in one-touch finishes. 18 were inside the box. Two outside. So, Rakic and Moncayolas were the one-touch finishes where, you know, the ball's come to them. Rakic's case, it's a world-eats. Unbelievable goal. Moncayolas was a quick reaction on the edge of the box. Alcaraz scored a goal from outside the penalty after running with the ball. So... That was a multiple touch finish, so but the point I'm sort of alluding to is that goals are scored in a penalty area, so the boy has to get in there. So you have to have the players in there, you have to have the right players in there, and mostly the technique is of a one touch finish. I'll do it again in a few weeks' time just to so, is, so this is not you know an unusual weekend. I think it's a pretty usual weekend, yeah, in which okay. amount we'll, of goals that we'll see, have a look. We, we see scored. Um, there was two. Five players had two touch finishes in the box. Yeah. So that's yeah. control and finish. That's sharpness needed. So that was Roger Marti, but probably the best one. Touch and turn. He controlled it on the turn and finished These Bryce Mendes, Luis Suarez, go. he had a touch, set himself up, looked up to, as if he was going to cross it. Then goes for goal himself. Luis Suarez and Granada reacted quickly to a, a deflection from a defender touch, control and finish, um and Hazard. His was a, a two-touch finish in, in the penalty box again. Three-touch finishes, which you don't normally get the opportunity to have three touches and score a goal. And the in nesri last week when he miscontrolled the first one, <laughs> bounced off his second and finished. And Benzema was the only player to do that. He did it for both his goals. So I think that there's an element there of perhaps that's how poor the defending was from Alavesd that they allowed the one player this weekend to have three touches and score in the penalty area. So it's not just about scoring goals. This is about how you stop goals as well. Yeah. And at Lithgow, this season, are the masters. Keep the ball out of the box. It's the importance of blocking those crosses. You know, the importance of tracking runners, the importance of... You have to track runners because if a ball goes wide and it gets crossed into the box, someone is more likely going to score with a one-touch finish. So anticipate the cross, block the shot from the player you know, it has got the opportunity. So it was just that's something I thought I'd do. I think 28 goals is a decent number to do it on as well with a game to go. And it, I was quite surprised that out that 28, effectively 25 of those are in the penalty area. Um, so we, what I'm saying is triples, it was, what's the saying in darts? So we talk about all these systems of play and playing between the lines, yeah. and this press and that block and this. Stuff, basically, it boils down to the penalty areas at each end. How good you are defending them, how good yeah. you are, how effective you are in, efficient you are in, in, in dealing with penalty box play. Um, some games you see, and you look at teams, and they barely had a touch in the penalty box. There's no excuse, none whatsoever, for stopping for not getting the ball into the penalty box. Because yeah, yeah. Get, I see what you, you mean. Know. In that, yeah, Betis at their worst, as well.
1: and actually Villarreal at their worst as well would be another yep. one. I, I think. I mean, you can the, the the teams have these stats, don't they? I think they can look up these details. It's a question of knowing what stats you want to look at, isn't it? Because there's too much yeah. out there to 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 get your head around. I believe it's exactly. trebles, trebles for show, doubles for dough. Is That's it. that right? It. Is that right? It, yeah. Yep. yeah. So you could
2: say possession.
1: Yeah, for you sure.
2: Is is it, uh, the trebles? Yeah. The doubles for though is the you know the the Ris this yeah. yeah, actual
1: and, chances closed.
2: The the right I mean and where it gets, three goals, yeah. And they were I, I wrote down exactly where they were all, none of them were at the six yard box and all one touch finishes. One touch finish, eight yards, one touch ten yards, one touch six yards. Mm. So basically that is just about getting the ball in there and a centre forward who's flying, who's so confident and reacting quicker than defenders. Um, so it's, you know, the, the, the coaching techniques people use, that is the, you know, the hunger, desire of Nesri to get on the, the little bits and bobs that were flying about in the penalty box for all of his goals. Last one, he reacts quickest, jumps above everyone else and heads it home. There was a deflection. There was a cutback where he did a fantastic header. So it, my advice to the strikers would be tidy, thing, keep things tidy. But the most important aspect of your job is to, A, get service and then get on the internet service. And then if you've got the quality, finish them off.
1: Um, funnily enough, I was reading an article uh, before. You only just messaged me that you were doing this uh, this morning. But I just read an article yesterday about the quality of long the, the efficacy of long range shooting sometimes. Even shots that aren't particularly effective. Partly, and this is a, this. I remember Lenny Lawrence. We're <laughs> going back to some decades, yeah. saying this: "Finish a move with a shot" was his point, which is quite a good one. As in, don't lose possession yeah. on the edge of the penalty area. Did the ring on the ball? You're better off having the shot, and then you can all get set back up again. Now, obviously, we've developed the language around around a lot of these coaching things. Now, there are similar things that have been happening in football over over many years that are now just written about and coached about, etc. Um, but there is definitely a case for basically. Having a crack at goal sometimes because it, it forces the the defence to reset. It, it mixes it up, and sometimes and it gets quite boring. Sometimes a, a team that just passes and shifts it and shifts it and shifts it and shifts it like that and gets it. You know, go for the old bar, as Alex Ferguson said, the carousel. But unless you've got the cutting edge to go with the carousel, it is boring, isn't it? You're just watching yeah, the ball go round that, and
2: round. That's why the strikers are the most expensive players to buy. Yeah, and the most and they earn the most money. Yeah. By
1: and large, and Ratchet's goal, Ronaldo
2: or Messi, you, you love, yeah. There's
1: no way <laughs> he, Suarez. if a player <clears throat> uh, and I see this again at lower levels, but players take touches when they should just visit the first take the gamble on it going wrong sometimes. And Ratchet would be a Hips. classic example of that, where if he'd have controlled that ball, he wouldn't have beaten Oblak. black, wouldn't have been a goalkeeper no. that good from that, that distance. It's only because he hit it first time. And of course, the danger of hitting it first time is that you could be mocked for it because if, if you've got the timing, it's it so hard. If he got his timing a split second wrong, it was top top row of the stand, wasn't it? And then the commentators yeah. would have been said, yeah, "lot of rubbish." But yeah. he took a gamble, didn't he? He took a gamble on his yeah. first time.
2: It's right decision making when people shoot. Sometimes it's frustrating, and for strikers as well. Yeah, when someone has a shot, they're not particularly set up well, and it's thirty yards out, and they blaze it high and wide. Um, and then you 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 know you have a ruck with your teammate because it would have been better off if you. would pass to you or pass to someone else who keeps the attack going. But uh, no, I think it, I still frustrate me sometimes when you see strikers and they fail to take a shooting opportunity and it's gone, you know, and, and you know, for that split second, in that split second, you've got three things going through your mind in a split second, you know, do I hold the ball up, do I shoot, do I lay it off? Um, I'll give you, you one this weekend. Right decisions. Uh, better furlong? players make
1: the uh, right most decisions. on Mendy, when he got played through on gold, remember it? Got played in through on goal, and he should have just gone for goal. But he, he because he's a left back, because he doesn't feel <laughs> yeah. that he's the one who should be scoring, he tried to pass it. I think he's trying to pass it to Benzema. And it's a harder, it's harder to get the pass right than it would have been to score the goal. It, it's so it he just had to keep the ball past the goalkeeper. Um, but instead, he tries yeah. to pass it because he doesn't feel that he can, even though he's through on goal. Anyway, so we get yeah. into the, the detail yeah. of some of the games. So we'll, well, obviously, we've covered uh, Few of the headlines in, in that lot, but let's have a quick look at uh, shall we look at Real Madrid? So, off the back of that, <laughs> what, a, what a dreadful night, we won't go into it again. Uh, the, the their game in the in the cup, uh, in, in the midweek, um, so they came back and and it was it was much more solid, wasn't it? I, I guess you know, you know, when when it mattered, they got a goal would be would be crucial in this one. And it was nice to see Hazard playing well and, and a you know, really good country, his own goal, and a really good contribution without touching the ball on, on one of Benzema's.
2: Yeah, he was better, still a million miles away from the hazard that we all know that saw him play for many years in, in the Premier League. I think Real Madrid were, were good. I think Alaves in the first half were as bad a team as I've seen in a long time. Basic defensive errors, giving the ball away, no threat in attack. At uh, half the time, you're thinking it's going to be six or seven, unless Abelardo can liven them up. I imagine the dressing room needs a, a new coat of paint <laughs> on the wall. Because they were they were better in the second half, Alvarez much better, and it made a bit more competitive game. It gone three nil. Pochettino gets the goal to make it three one, and for ten minutes there to go if they get the next goal, you're thinking the fragility of Real Madrid at the moment with their confidence. If Alvarez could have got the second, but they didn't. Benzema gets the fourth and wraps the game up. But I thought it was a good. The, I thought the, the, the fundamentals were better from Real Madrid. They worked harder. They played the ball quicker. They defended better when they had to. Um, and they were, I would imagine they were thankful they were up against such an inept team in that first half. I mean, the goals that Alvarez conceded were terrible. Casemiro against Lejeune for the first one. I've no idea what Lejeune's attempting. He's not attempting to do anything. He's just hoping that Casemiro doesn't score with a header, it doesn't challenge him. So basic fundamentals like that were poor from Alvarez. were much better from Real Madrid. And it, it was a, a much needed win, a boost for their confidence. Um, especially with the absence of anything to them.
1: Yeah, who we saw on the phone. I'm not convinced he was on the phone. I think he just told Bertoni to put your phone to your ear at some point in the course of this game.
2: (laughs) He doesn't do anything anyway. (laughs) I think the the difference between when a manager is suspended, for no, it's suspended, yeah. And they're not allowed in the stadium, though they're allowed in the stadium and not on the bench and they they're not allowed to have contact. I think there's more responsibility on the coach who's standing in then. But in, in the case of when they're missing through COVID, they can watch the game, they can be on the phone, and you know, they they still make the decisions probably in terms of who to take off and put on. So I think there's a big difference between the two scenarios, I and mean, this isn't the first time we've seen this this season. Diego Martin has had to miss a game. Um, I think it was one or two other managers that had to miss games as well.
1: I, I what I else... don't get, Terry, is is why why is the manager not a close contact of the players? <laughs> why how can the manager be off and, and the players not be off? Could we? Uh... Uh, I was uh, surprised. Cause, that. Yeah, I was because I, I, I joked uh, on on Twitter about him not being a close contact of Odegaard. Uh, but they, I was thinking, well, do they not spend that much time with each other? Then are they not really close to each other all day? <laughs> Is he not chatting to them and, try, you know, and but it's not just a proper Zidane this, because as you say, you know, the other cases have been the same. But you would have thought that if the manager was off, you'd lose all the players,
2: wouldn't you? But yeah, they're changing rooms um, on a daily basis, uh, training I guess, pitches. I guess they Change get tested. Games.
1: They get tested flying all the, on the time. coach flying. Yeah.
2: Yeah, um, airplane, uh, flying um, on the coach, driving <laughs> on the coach.
1: <laughs> they have different rules. There is an, an elite sportsman um, op thing where they're allowed to just be tested and then carry on, as opposed to because if, if we were not, not that you and I have been in the same room for some months, but you know, if 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 you say you know if your wife had it, you'd have to isolate as well as have a negative test. Yes, whereas they yes. have an exemption. Still not convinced that. You know, are they not spending any time with each other? These people. <laughs> uh, just on Odegaard. Uh, it looks as though he's off to Arsenal on a on a loan. Uh, we should be pronouncing it Odegaard. Apparently. So if you could, from now no, on, tell you Odegaard. Yeah, You're gonna have a drink of water before he attempts it. Don't go
2: Odegaard.
1: Yeah, right. So uh, Odegaard to Arsenal. Um, yeah. What's what's your summary of that? It looks like a, a loan deal, but whether he'll ever. Get back and play for Zidane? Who knows?
2: Yeah, I think he would be back at Real Madrid. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's a tidy lone move for Arsenal. If he's needed, um, that's my doubt. I'm not sure you know where he's going to play. I don't suspect it was Arsenal's biggest problem. Another midfield player or an attacking midfield player. Um, so that's my one concern on his behalf that he does go there and play pretty much every game from now to the end of the season because that's what his career development needs. So I think it's a good signing by Arsenal as long as they definitely have a place for him and he's going to play more often than not. And then we'll see a n- more evidence. I hope that you know he's a, the player that we saw at Real Sociedad last season. I do see a future for him at Real Madrid, um, but it's going to be tough. Zidane so clearly doesn't have enough faith in him. Because it could be him that stops his move. And um, because he, you know, Zidane would be able to do that by saying, no, he's a player that I'm counting on and need for the rest of the season. And it does make Real Madrid lighter again in midfield. Yeah, it, there's, there's no doubt about that. I mean, you look at the numbers. We, you, you joked about Casemiro, Modric, Kroos. Then you've got Valverde, Isco. Mm. And that's it. Yeah, can't think of it, anyone else.
1: It's extraordinary it out. for a for a major club that is going. I know they're out of the Copa del Rey, but that is still trying to win the Champions League
2: and trying to win. The yeah. League. that's that's it's it's a very thin. Is there, is there, there must be someone else. They can't have just have those. Am I missing anyone? Kovacic um... is he still there? <laughs> <laughs> there must be someone else. They can't have just have. They can't just have five. Hang on. Right. Well, we're, and, well, and allowing him to go on loan yeah. I hadn't thought of it like that yeah um, obviously Lucas That's Vasquez it. plays in there
1: doesn't he uh, and we've ever no, we've, no, no he's yeah. a, no he he's never a plays right, in yeah hang on no
2: he's a right winger or a right, he's a right winger yeah he can play but does play right back yeah in. emergency there, there can't be there must be someone else yeah I'm not even convinced this guy's a midfield player no essentially midfield player um, so I, I can't, I can't imagine why. And I'm, I'm trying to think. There must be someone I've missed. But I'm but right. Sure.
1: Let's have a look. So um, this is live. See live breaking radio, everybody. Right. I'm looking. I'm going to have a quick look at Real Madrid <laughs> appearances this season. So in terms of appearances. Um, but, 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 yeah, there's no midfield other than the ones you mentioned in double figures. So Valverde started eight, seven on as a sub. This is La Liga. Uh, uh Courtois 19, Benzema 17, Modric 16 and two on as a sub. Varane 18, um, Casemiro 16 in total, uh, Cross 17 in total. Modric, I said that, and I've uh, Mendy 18 in total, Ramos 14. Obviously, he's been injured. Um, yeah, so that is that is literally it. And going down, is it midfielders isco started three on, on for nine? Uh, Lucas Vasquez 14 and then two as a sub. Um, uh, and oh, yeah, so Odegaard himself obviously three starts, four on as a sub. Rodrigo few wide, yeah, but that is it, yeah, yeah. So we <laughs> haven't it? forgotten anyone, and Vinicius eight and eight as a sub. So,
2: so they're either wide players as yeah. you. And it's just Rodrigo, yeah. Ascencio, Vasquez. Um, yeah,
1: so I guess the, there's the main three, and then that small number for Od- Odegaard and Isco makes up, yeah. makes us up to the, all the all the way up, doesn't it? For,
2: and Valverde. So the main three, yeah. Valverde is the next one.
1: Yeah,
2: Isco. And that's it now. Yeah, that's that's um, too light, I'm mm-hmm. afraid, especially when you're you know one of your better ones is 35.
1: Yeah. Right. So uh, let's I'm do Barcelona start. before we take a podcast uh, ad break, because those podcast ads bring in a fortune, Terry. We got <laughs> £4.23 last month. For those ads. <laughs> um, thank you to the Patreons, by the way. Feel free, everyone else join in. Patreon yeah. slash l <laughs> You notice
2: there
1: aren't many new clothes being worn in, in these, these Zoom videos that we're recording, and that's not just because the shops are shut. <laughs>
2: And that's uh, my, my my podcast nickname now, isn't it? Slash l Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need one of those, like, you know, weird rapper names that, that come up on our, on our podcast. So I've got Slash l and you've just got John. <laughs> yeah, I'll work
1: on it. On. I'm not sure I could pull off a name like Slash. <laughs> right. Uh, right. So LJ, Neil, Barcelona, two. Yeah. Um, so De Jong scores one. He, he works very hard. He busted gut, didn't he, to get to and score that goal. It, like I say, the shortest goal, the shortest range goal ever because they showed it on the, on the still. It was it must have been a, a centimetre from crossing the line when he fight, when he got to it. And then big Ricky Pouge obviously jumps up and nods one in, back stick. And um, did the job, but it was a... Oh,
2: dull. Yeah, well, that, I, I was, was going to say boring. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. It was, wasn't it? It was a bit dull, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah.
2: Yep, life—a little glimpse of life at Barcelona without Messi, mm. um, and it wasn't great. Um, they, they did okay first off They were tidy and efficient, and didn't give the ball away. Dominated possession. Disappointed with Elche's desire to have a go at a Barcelona team because this is this. These games are an Elche's battle, mm. so you may as well have a free hit and be more attack-minded. Goal difference doesn't matter. Um, but they sat back, they played a really negative formation, allowed Barcelona possession, and it took Barcelona a while to, to get the opening goal. And then in the second half, Barcelona, and I thought, were awful. They gave the ball away, they made mistakes at the back, and there was you know two or three chances for Elche to, to, to stick and was forced into some action at last. Um, but then they eventually get the win the the, the goal to wrap it up with Ricky Pouge. Um later on, with, as you said, with a towering header. Um, to, to take all three points. So they, they were unscathed, but they, they weren't impressive. I don't like the Braithwaite left wing one, I must be honest. I think he's gonna play, he's gotta play in the middle of the three, or not, not at all. I don't see him as an auxiliary wider attacking player. Then showed some some good moments again, um, but still has the tendency to to make mistakes and give the ball away cheaply, particularly when the whole team start getting sloppy. Which was the case in the second half, so there are some, you know, they got the three points, they move on unscathed. But Messi will be back now, so it's, uh, Did you, uh, it does make a difference.
1: I know when earlier, uh, not so long ago, you were checking the shape and the, the, the post game heat maps. Were they at least a better shape without Messi? Can you, is it easier to pick out who is where?
2: Yeah, it's it's more four. Well, it was a you know definite 3 Although Griezmann is the one then that takes on the Messi role and vacates the centre-forward position, which is why I think that they're better with Braithwaite in the middle because he'll stay there. Mm. Griezmann drifts all over the place. So that was the only issue I had with the shape that sometimes there was no one at centre-forward. And that's Griezmann, (coughs) excuse me, working so hard. He has to keep moving. He's an effervescent player. I think that's the right phrase. He's always on the move. Sometimes he just needs to be a little bit more static, disciplined with his positional play when he's playing as the the centre-forward. I couldn't believe and know the podcast. I'm not sure whether this is private conversations we've had or they've been on the podcast. I think you know where they're going. With the Antonio Barragan one.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: I, I couldn't believe that Barcelona didn't make the most of a player that's seen you know, better days. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Seen better days. And, and they played Braithwaite out there. And Braithwaite sort of had that, this look of, of a player that, I don't really know what I'm doing out here. You know, I want to be playing back to go in the middle of attack. Um, and here I am playing as you know Ensu Fati on the left, or you know some of the other players are doing that Pedro rollout wide and stuff. And that's not Braithwaite. So they might have been better off in that game, Braithwaite in the middle, Griezmann wider, um, because the, you know they will always get the Jordi Alva flying down the left anyway. Um, but Braithwaite added the look of a player that didn't really know his job and works hard, does what he has to. But I think he's better off in the middle. That's the only problem with their shape. It's it's back to four three three. We've had a few different shapes from and We had three at the back. We had a four, three, two, a three, four, two, one with Pedri and Messi behind the striker. That looked promising. Um, the three at the back looked good because it gave them a little bit extra security with the wing backs pushing right on. But at the moment he's he's gone back to the, the four, three, three.
1: Right. Let's have an ad break there for the uh podcast listeners and Patreons. Well, thank you again. That's it. And we'll be back later in the week with um, some other stuff that we will devise um yes right okay
0: from regular expenses to occasional splurges there's a lot to buy why not get cash back every time you spend With the PenFed Cash Rewards Card, you get cash back on every purchase. That's everywhere, every time you use it. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash to apply. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.
1: So hopefully everyone's had an, an ad break, and uh, yes, let's 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 crack on then. So, uh, let's crack on with the the rest of La Liga this weekend. So we've talked about N Neziri, but uh, he needs another quick mention. Terry, doesn't he? Uh, oh, yeah, match winning, yeah. match winning <clears throat> contribution, and and a terrific, you know, burst of, of form from a player who is you know on on the raw side, isn't he?
2: Just yeah, I mean that's an understatement. <laughs> but when he's you know he's second actor in the month of January, he's top scorer in La Liga. Been much talk um, <clears throat> in recent days about him leaving Sevilla and going to West Ham. I've, I must admit, I thought it was a case of perhaps Sevilla knowing when to sell him, maximise the opportunity, and have another player in mind that they could bring in. But I think with the, the form he's showing now, it, they 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 shouldn't sell him. Right. I'm not convinced this will happen for the rest of the season. But, you know, it would be foolish to, to try and replace a player. At uh, this short notice, even if you, Munch is in charge, that's, you know, cracking goals left, right and centre. We can't complain and say so all Sevilla lacking was a 20-goal-a-season striker and now he's got 12, six in a, in, a, in the space of a few weeks, um, and then see him leave the club. So, no, I think Sevilla should do their utmost to, to keep him now. And they can do that. Just demand the buyer clause from anyone that's interested, um, and then they'll have no choice and they'll be quite happy then to, to get the money. I don't know what the buyer clause is, but it's a lot more than that's been talked about from one or two clubs that have been interested in him. But you now, fair play to him, and you know, we'll, we're allowed to change our mind, mm-hmm. and no, yeah. hopefully, for Severe's case and his case, we will. And in a year or two's time, we're saying about pull, talking about a player that's. Scoring twenty goals a year every year, and all those little you know, things that you needed to improve on, he has done. His attitude is great. His work rate is great. His desire to score goals is great. Um, and you know, he's he's fantastic at the moment.
1: Yeah, and not everybody comes through as as the ready made article, do they? Although we've seen him in that Liga since he was a. He was very young, wasn't he, when he first yeah. broke it through? And I remember him scoring maybe on his debut, maybe a couple of games in, scoring a sensational goal, and everyone thinking, "Wow!" But then. It's been it's been a, a checkered progression since then, hasn't it? Some good things and some bad, bad things about him. Um, another kid coming through the ranks, Terry, in La Liga, is, is a kid called Joaquin, I think, who plays for Betis. Um, yes, have you,
2: just,
1: you... just thirty-nine. So it's quite extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, uh, Real Sociedad uh, were were fuming because they were two nil up and seemingly co- uh, coasting. Uh, ended up with two two. Uh, Joaquin came on and set up one for Canales and then he scored. So he's now in between, in terms of oldest ever goal scorers, he's in between, apparently. He's, so he's overtaken Pushkas and he was almost at uh, Di Stefano, which is not a bad place to be in between oh, the,
2: the all <clears throat> time no. greats. And actually, Betis, I thought, deserves something from the game. 2 him down with, what's it, 85 minutes gone it's unlikely, looking unlikely they're going to get anything that they, they deserve. But I thought it was a really good game. I think possession was pretty shared, as you'd expect from two teams that play this type of football. Um, but it was it was a, a, a fantastic comeback um, because time's running out. So, you know, Joaquin gets equalised in the 92nd minute. Ralph step will be kicking themselves because the results haven't been great of, of late. They'll be pleased that Oyazabel scored again. They'll be pleased that he's amongst the goals after allowing William Jose to leave. I like the new signing, Carlos Fernandez. I think he fits the bill for Real Sociedad, mobile, dynamic centre forward. That can play wide, that can play slightly deeper. Does score goals like he showed at Granada. And I think they've got him for about 10 million euros. So I think that represents a good deal. And he fits in the age bracket of the rest of the players. Another young player. So I think that'd be interesting to see how that signing goes for Real Sociedad. But two new up with five minutes to go. You know, you, you're going to be Kicking yourself the end, but we have three points because you know we, we talked about them at the top of the league, weren't we, Not so long ago, that as I said, the results haven't been great. Two, it's two wins um,
1: in 15, that's <coughs> yeah, that's and,
2: the, the issue, isn't it? It's loads of yeah. draws in there, and suddenly Sevilla gone above them, and mm. they're fighting with VRL. And there'll be one or two others that fancy their chances of catching the team that many thought, um, including us. I think they had a good chance of Champions League football this season, so it, it's not. Out the question that they can still do, but the Real Sorst, they finding it tough at the moment to, to win games of football. And and Betis, I think, you know, as I said, I thought they were worth the worth the draw ultimately.
1: Um let's mention Villarreal, Real, shall we? So draws has been their problem, hasn't it? They've they've drawn 10 of their 18 games, which is a very high draw rate. They're unbeaten in a while, and um they're unbeaten in. So it's six games they haven't lost since December twenty-ninth including Copido Rogia so that's six games in all but the last two draws against Granada and and Huesca which is just costly isn't it
2: We should have this would have been an obvious one if you do like a gamble on that on the draw yeah both both drawn 10 yeah. games um and the reason be Huesca had one shot on target VRL had two shots on target hmm. so that's not enough to be you know, VRL have had a little bit of un- a bit, little bit unlucky lately with players missing through an injury. Um, and Huesca, just, this is what happens with Huesca. They're so close all the time to getting a win um, and just keep drawing and drawing and drawing. Ultimately, it's going to start becoming, you know, too big a mission for them to, to get out of trouble. Um, but uh, to, to be honest, a home draw for Huesca, home to VRL, in the context of what they've been doing this season, isn't a bad result. Yeah. Um, Start- so I think VRL go yeah. into that one. You know, after the back of that game, VRL would be the one most disappointed that they didn't have more than two shots on target in ninety minutes of football against the team that's bottom of the league. Yeah, so just points punch, punch, punch drop for VRL.
1: New coach and everything, but time is against Wesker, isn't it? They do need to start getting some yeah. results now. They look, you know, decent performances. is We're almost past that, past that point. Yeah, uh, there's, a
2: gap, there's a gap opening up there, first time this season.
1: Yeah, because Osasuna beat Granada by three goals to one, which is a, a, a huge result as well, wasn't it, for Osasuna?
2: Yeah, and do you know what? I watch all of these games and I promise people I, I'm totally neutral, totally biased. I love the league. And I, whenever I watch a game of football, I want the team that's playing better to win. Or there's, you know, But in this game, I, I was so rooting for usasuna <laughs> because there was a, a penalty disallowed. It was an absolute scandal. Great images seeing Arasati acting, throwing a tantrum. Look at <laughs> a 10-year-old who's just been told he's got to go in for his dinner um, when the referee disallowed the penalty. It should have been a penalty explain it. Run down the right channel by um Kieri, who came on as a sub at half time. And he's being fouled by Herman Sanchez. He's being held back. And Kileri flicks an arm out. It's not an elbow. I'm describing it in vision for those watching. But he, he puts an arm out. Herman Sanchez is dragging his holding his shoulder two or three times. And then because the arm comes out from Kieri Herman Sanchez. Waits two strides, realizes is getting away from him and goes down. Mm. The ball Kaleri crosses the, the ball into the box. There's an attempt at goal. Defender, I can't remember who it was, Queen, Queenie Atikini, puts his arms up and it looks like it hits his arm. Goes to VAR. You're looking, does it hit his face? No, it hits his arm. Should be a penalty. And then they take it back on VAR to the run down the channel and end up disallowing the whole move
1: yeah.
2: and booking Caleri. I mean, it should have been a foul to Osasuna and he ended up booking Caleri and, and disallowing the attempt. So I, I thought that was an injustice. Really, really annoyed me. I was going for it, sitting in front of the telly, <laughs> shouting at the referee um, because, you know, I thought that was wrong. So from then on, I was desperate for Osasuna. Nothing against Granada. I like Granada. Just in these circumstances, I wanted justice to prevail. And then Moncayo, that was at two one up. only gets the third, and and Osasuna do get the win. So my little rant of the week about this <laughs>
0: terrible yes.
2: officiating. win this since incident.
1: first win for them since uh, in the league since October. I might just actually let me share the screen. See, the 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 Patreon's get a shared screen. That's what they get. Uh,
2: the, the, well, put here, did well as well. We haven't seen too yeah. much of him, have we? Yeah, he started. Came off at half time, I assume through injury. Um he came off at half time after scoring two close range, one touch finishes, which is what he does, which he what he did at Miolka. Um and then when he went off, Kaleri came on and continued the theme of being that aggressive, you know, motivated striker to continue to call grenade problems. So I, I I firmly believe Osasuna will will get out of trouble. Yeah. Um, uh, as, you, as you can see, there's a, there's a gap now Appearing at the, the bottom with Wesker Six points adrift Look at their wins They've won one They need two just to catch Osasuna And buy the lid And A-bar to get anywhere near them And that's, that's going to be tougher for Wesker it's certainly not impossible Almost yeah. half a season to go But, you know, it's a, a big ask now Elche have slipped and are Sliding their way down And have gone from me Describing them as inspirational um, To... You know, not anything but inspirational at the moment. Yeah, so, so they're let's, another let's, team. Let's, job let's, and then Alaves at half time, first half, Alaves was of a team that's going to get relegated.
1: So let's give that detail for the people who, who aren't seeing the, the screen. Uh, so the bottom with thirteen points. Elche they've got two games in hand. They've only played eighteen, but they've got seventeen. Alaves eighteen. Osasuna out to the drop zone. The only win anywhere near the bottom on the bottom 14s in the in the form guide there. So they're all struggling, those teams at the bottom. And then Valladolid got themselves a 2 2 draw against Levante. Levante are 11th. So that's, uh, and all, the other one we haven't mentioned, Terry, is Celta 1, A bar 1 as well. So A bar, um, they're still down there as well. Again, exactly the same record, actually, as Valencia and Valladolid, I noticed. Four wins, eight draws, eight defeats. Um, it's, it's still remarkably close down there, as said, with
2: the exception of Wesker. Yeah, and we could go all the way up to Cadiz, who have played 20, two games more than a lot of other teams, 24 points, there's six points clear of, of relegation. They need to find some form. I would say, in, in my opinion, Celta up are all OK, and I would imagine Athletic Club and Valencia will be OK. So it's going to be the usual suspects. I would imagine Levante are going to be OK. So I think the bottom six, as it stands now, um, other teams that are firmly entrenched in what they knew when they started the season, that they're going to be in a eradication tussle. Eibar, A Bar was a decent game. Selter, you still look at that, you think they should be winning against Abar at home because of Bar's position in the league. The players Eibar have, A-bar have a real style of play that's really good to watch now. It's developed as the season has gone on and they have a player, Brian Hill, This is going to be the Brian Hill podcast again. <laughs> Great strike that was. I mean, it was uh, Muto to set him up nicely for the volley and he finishes it first time inside the penalty area. So, you know, you're looking at... We've been talking on the podcast this season about Brian Hill, particularly recently, and he has been missing and then he lost matches and he's back. And we're talking about him. There must be a place for him at Sevilla next year. There's a place for him at Barcelona and Real Madrid, the way he's playing at the moment. yes,
1: unbelievable. How much would you pay for Brian Hill at the moment?
2: If it's not my money and I'm spending the club's money, I'd spend 30, 40 million on him. Is that good? I think he's he's been sensational this season. So we've talked about Sevilla needing back next year. I'm pretty sure they will. But the way he's playing, you know, he could be a massive, massive superstar. Brilliant player.
1: Right. I think we'll leave it there then, Terry. So we'll be back with something for the Patreons later in the week. We'll be back with some more from La Liga. Thank you to everybody uh, for listening. Thank you to the Patreons for your additional contributions as well. Enjoy your La Liga and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.